Good morning. I want to welcome you to our online service today. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalms 103. We're going to continue in our series on protection. Um, As you're turning to Psalms 103, we just want to remind you that there are some PowerPoint slides if you want to follow along with the message. And um, the very first slide that we see is a beautiful slide of a shepherd holding a lamb. Just before we enter into our message, I just want to remind everybody, or perhaps inform everybody, that this coming Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we will be doing our very first live streaming of a prayer meeting. We'll be sending out links by email, sending out links uh, to the prayer meeting um, through texting. You'll be able to join, um, link on with your computer, your phones, your tablets, and together we'll be able to join together in a virtual live streaming prayer meeting this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. I do believe God is calling all of us to that place of prayer. And uh, we're going to be believing for needs within your life, within your family's life, and of course with what's going on in our community and all around the world with this coronavirus. This image again on the very first slide if you're following along on PowerPoint. And if you're not, that's fine. I'll describe it for you. This beautiful picture of a shepherd holding a lamb in his arms with the caption, Protection. We've been working on a series together on on focusing on the protection that God gives us. Psalms 103 is a great psalm for all of us today. And I believe the Lord's going to speak to us through this psalm. I like to read it for you in the New Living Translation. Praise the Lord. Psalms 103, verse 1. Um, It's on your PowerPoint slide, the second slide. Here we go. Psalms 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord. I tell myself, with my whole heart, I praise His holy name. Praise the Lord. I tell myself, never to forget the good things that He does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. So my youth is renewed as the eagles. Verses 1 and 2. Very interesting that David says it twice. I tell myself. I tell myself. David is having a conversation with himself. Have you ever had this happen to you? I'm sure you have. Somebody hears you talking and you say, they say to you, what did you say? And you say, nothing, just talking to myself. That's exactly what David is doing here. He's having an inner dialogue with himself. I wonder what kind of inner dialogues are going on all around the world today in the hearts, in the minds of people. What about the people that live in China? I wonder what their inner dialogue is like. Or the people that live in Italy in the tragic situation that they're facing right now as we see on the news. The people that live in the U.S. The people that live in Canada. I think the inner dialogue of what's happening all around the world is very similar. I think people's hearts are filled with fear, worry, stress. I was speaking with a gentleman the other day. He said to me, Pastor, is the world coming to an end? I think people 
are thinking about those things as well. I think people are feeling the the worry and the stress of everything. And many times they feel like they need to do something about it. Even to the point where people are actually going out and buying more toilet paper than they need. There's actually an, uh, an interesting story that was on CNN this week. And the story is a story of a, of a florist that actually created a toilet paper bouquet. Yes, I said it. He created a toilet paper bouquet. And he's selling them in his flower shop. Now he has other greenery with it and ribbons wrapped around it. But he's selling them in his flower shop for $50. And believe it or not, he's got more orders than he can fill. Gentlemen, um, I don't suggest it. I don't suggest that we start to buy uh, toilet paper uh, bouquets for our wives for our anniversary or for um, their birthdays. However, the bottom line is people's minds are on things that they need to do and get to meet their family's needs. Perhaps you've seen... A little flyer like this that says something like this. So, so far today, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been grumpy or nasty or selfish. I'm really been good so far. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from there on, I'm probably going to need a lot of your help. Well, here's the promise. God truly is a very present help. In our time of of need. David, as I mentioned before, was talking to himself. David was living in a very unsettled time. He was living in a very difficult time. And David said, I need to remind myself of a few things. Verse number one, David said, I tell myself that I need to worship God with my whole heart. Because half-hearted praise is not enough. I don't know about you, but neither is half-hearted prayer going to be enough. We need to have some convictions right now about worship and, of course, about prayer. David said, we need to worship him with some conviction, not half-hearted, but full-hearted. As a matter of fact, when you and I think about the term half-hearted, it's almost like words that don't go together. When it, when it connects with worship. It's like an oxymoron, like jumbo shrimp. Does, doesn't really fit. Or freezer burn. Doesn't really fit. Here's another one. White chocolate. These words don't seem to fit together. And yet null neither does. Half-hearted worship. David said, I want to worship him with my whole heart. Well, how do we worship? We know the Bible teaches that we are to worship God verbally with our mouth, with our lips. Hebrews 13 says, describes it as the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. We're to worship Him physically. We're to bow down and kneel before Him in worship. We're to clap our hands in worship. Psalms 47. Psalm 64 says, I will lift up my hands and give Him praise. Worship in many ways, is reacting to God. And in these times that we're living in, I think we all feel like we need to do something. We're asked to stay at home. We're asked not to interact with people. It's natural for us to react. 
And I am encouraging all of us today. Let's react positively. Part of that is we can react like David taught in Psalms 103. We can react with praise. Worship is the key in facing the challenges of life. We know that to be true biblically. Jehoshaphat had a battle. And before he went out to battle, he sent out the worshipers ahead of him. A country preacher sold a mule to a friend and told him the mule was trained to go when the rider said, Praise the Lord, and to stop when the rider said, Amen. The buyer got on the mule and commanded the mule and said this, Praise the Lord. Well, the mule shot off like a rocket. The rider panicked. Whoa, he screamed. The mule kept going straight ahead, and it was actually headed for a cliff. Whoa, 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 said the new owner. At last, he remembered the instructions that the preacher gave him. He shouted, Amen! And the mule stopped right at the edge of the cliff. As the new owner looked over the cliff, he wiped his brow, sighed a deep sigh of of peace, and uttered these words, Praise the Lord! Well, unlike this story, worship is the key in facing the challenges of life. David said, I tell myself to never forget the good things he does for me. Forget not his benefits, all the good things that the Lord has done for me. If you turn to your next PowerPoint slide, if you're following along, you'll see all these benefits listed. If you don't, Don't worry, I'll read them for you. Here's the first benefit. Number one, David said, I need to remind myself to worship God for the benefit of His forgiveness. Someone said this, If our greatest need was information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent a billionaire. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent a Savior. For God so loved the world. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded that God loves this world. That He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That verse reminds me that we all can have peace with God. Steps to peace with God are really simple. Number one, we need to admit that we are a sinner. Bible says we've all sinned and we have all failed God. Here's the second thing. We need to accept the answer. And the answer is found in nowhere else and no one else but Jesus Christ. He's the one that died for the sins of the world. The next thing we need to do is just ask Christ in prayer for forgiveness. I am so thankful that as we all open up our hearts and receive His forgiveness, the promise and the benefit that David said that He forgives, listen to what He said, David said He forgives all of our sin. And that word all means all past, all present, and all future. 
God's got it all covered. All we need to do is ask and receive his wonderful gift of salvation. Well, let's worship him for the benefit of healing. Who heals all your diseases. That's the second benefit to worship him for. I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood found in Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read just a few verses for you. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there seeing Jesus. He fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And here is a woman was there who had a subject of bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the hands of many doctors. She spent everything she had, and yet her situation grew worse. She heard about Jesus. She came up behind him in the crowd. She touched the hem of his garment. She said to herself, If I could only touch the hem of his garment, she said, I would be healed. Well, this woman was facing what I describe as the issues of life, a physical issue. Just imagine being sick for 12 years. Every year, every month, every week, every hour, every minute, every second, and her condition just kept getting worse. Imagine the feeling of hopelessness, the feeling of despair in her life. I wonder how many in the world are facing that same physical issue, that same sense of of concern for their own physical well-being. A financial issue, interesting. The tragedy is this. The Bible says she spent everything that she had. I wonder, is the world right now facing a financial issue? Are you facing a financial issue? Are you feeling the stress of an economy that seems to be in complete disarray and decline? She also had family issue and friends issues. You know that because she was unclean, according to Levitical law, she had to separate herself. She's a perfect example of social distancing. Interesting. The Bible is so relevant to what's happening right now. She felt hopeless. She she felt unworthy. She felt lonely, isolated. She felt hurt, I'm sure, and angry and alienated. All the things that she was feeling. And that day, in the midst of everything that was going on, she pressed through the crowd. As a matter of fact, in the midst of the crowd that was there, she was the only one that touched Jesus. This is what she did. She she kept saying to herself, if only I could reach out and touch the hem of of his garment. Interesting that her original language was this, that she kept encouraging herself. She kept building herself up with that act of faith or that thought, if only I could reach out and touch the hem of his garment. The hem of his garment was a point of contact for her faith. But it was her heart that was the key in that story. And like David of old, he said, I tell myself with my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. 
We need to praise God, not only for salvation, not only for healing, but the third one is for the benefit of redemption, who redeems my life from the pit. The Lord not only redeems our souls from hell, but he also redeems our lives from the clutches of evil. We all know that the battlefield is the mind. And I'm sure you're struggling as we all are struggling in that area in the hour that we're living in. But hear the verse of 2 Timothy. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of soundness of mind. God can help us bring our thoughts under his control, not the clutches of the enemy, because the promises here is that he redeems our lives. And that redemption means control of our thoughts and our mind. Thank God for that. Worship him for the benefit of love and compassion. He crowns you, the Bible says, he crowns you with love and compassion. In his book, The Capital of the World, Ernest Hemingway wrote about a father in Spain who had a son named Paco. Because his, his son's rebellion, Paco and his father, father were separated. Apparently his son was quite rebellious and caused a lot of problems in their family. And because of it, his father separated from him. The father was bitter and angry with the son and kicked him out of the house. After years of bitterness, the father's anger ended and he realized his mistake. And he began to look for his son, but could not find him. Finally, in desperation, the father placed an ad in the Madrid newspaper. And this is what the ad said. Paco, all is forgiven. Meet me at the newspaper office at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Love your father. Well, Paco is a common name in Spain. And Hemingway wrote, When the father arrived at 9 a.m. at the newspaper office, there was over 600 young men, all named Paco, waiting and hoping to receive the forgiveness and the love of their father. Here's the good news. Here's the great news, actually. We, as David reminded us, need to worship God for the benefit of his love and his compassion. He crowns you with love and compassion. And last sermon, we talked about the reality that surely goodness and mercy, his compassion will follow me all the days of my life. Well, here's the last benefit. It's the benefit of satisfaction and renewal. Verse 5, who satisfies your life with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Every Sunday, we say this, God is good. And you always answer back all the time. And I always say, and all the time, and you shout back, say it, God is good. David was reminding himself of how good God really is. And it satisfies us. It renews us. Maybe your strength today needs to be renewed. I just want to encourage you today to do like David of old. To do like David of old and to remind yourself. To give yourself 
a pep talk perhaps, and remind yourself of how good God is. He forgives our sins. He heals our diseases. He redeems us from death. He surrounds us with love and tender mercies. And He fills our lives with good things. And He satisfies ourselves. Take the time to build yourself up. That's my encouragement for you today. Because God wants to use you. God wants to use me right now as an instrument in a world around us that is losing hope, that is filled with fear and anxiety and perhaps depression. My prayer is that you would be filled up and you would be built up so that you and I as a church can truly be the light and the salt that God has called us to be. Like David of old, allow worship, listen, allow worship to be your point of contact. Think about that woman with the issue of blood. For her, the hem of the garment was the point of contact, but the key was her heart. And I think for us, our point of contact right now, today, is worship. And as you and I begin to fill our lives with worship and remind ourselves of how good He is, then we too can be an instrument, a vessel that pours out to a world, to a family that needs the hope that can only be found in the message of Christ. Well, our last slide today is a very important slide. Our last slide today is Psalms 91. This psalm is a psalm that we've been, I've been sharing on, preaching on now ever since January. God's led us to this psalm long before this, the events in the world began to take place. We were already talking about God's protection over our lives. This psalm that we're going to look at in the last slide that's in the PowerPoint, this slide also can be a slide that will, you'll be able to download. And um, it's a beautiful picture with an eagle's wings and, and a beautiful picture that Bob actually made for us. And uh, you'll be able to download that because we're going to put it as a download um, on the website, the church's website. But if you're able to, let's say it together. And uh, if not, feel free to listen as I read it together. But we're going to read it with an attitude of praise and an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of connecting and reminding ourselves of His goodness. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and, and from the pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your butler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand will fall at your side 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands 
they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me when I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. We take a moment right now, Lord, and we thank you that you're our God. Psalms 91 declares that you're our refuge. You're our deliverer. You're our fortress. You're our defender. You're our protector, Lord. You're our shelter. You're our place of safety. You're our shield. You're our health. You're our habitation. You're our rest, Lord. You're our peace. And you are our tower strength. And we declare today that you are our salvation. Thank you, Father, that we dwell in that secret place, the Most High, and we hide under the shadow of the Almighty. Truly, God, you are our fortress and you are our refuge. So, Lord, today we praise you. We praise you for your forgiveness. We praise you for your healing. We praise you for the life that you've given us. We praise you, Lord, for surrounding us with your love and with your tender mercies. Thank you, Father, that you fill us with good things and that our youth is truly renewed. And Lord, we truly can mount up like the wings of of eagle. I want to thank you again for joining with us today and uh, just remind you that every week we'll be posting a brand new message that you can listen with your family. Um, you can do it on Sunday morning or when it's convenient for you. Our church will be holding some virtual prayer meetings. We will be starting them this Wednesday. And uh, I really hope that you're able to join in with us in those prayer times together. Uh, we may even be considering starting them earlier than that. But we will be sending out emails relating to that as well. Please listen to the last worship song. That would be our altar time. And uh, as you listen, just always believe that, and I'm sure you will, and worship together and realizing that our God truly is a way maker. God bless you today.